is the Infinity Summit Group. Truth. Passion. Success. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Infinity Summit Group podcast. Today is March 21st, 2022, and uh, we figured we would start bringing our guests back on uh, around their one-year anniversaries and just kind of see where they've come from since the last time they've been on and um, kind of go from there, see see how they're doing in life, what they're doing, <laughs> what their plans are for the future, things like that, um, and we'll just be starting with our first guest today, Jacob. Um, but without further ado, let's jump into it. I'm Noah. Xavier. Logan. Jesse. And I'm uh, Jacob. Yes. <laughs> yes, welcome. Surprise. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank the you. Wanderer. Thank you for having me. Yes. Hmm? What is new? I'm just having to turn my headphones up. Yeah. Thank you. What is new? <laughs> yes. Well, let's think. I, I've, I've been trying to make a shift from, the, I, I think it's well known that I talk absolutely constantly. I've been attempting yeah. to slow that down some and also put more to practice the things that I talk about than talking about them. Uh, I've been trying to get a ratio up <laughs> where I actually talk less about the things that, <laughs> that I'm doing than I do them. Do you know what I mean? Why? Why? Because, because words end up feeling a bit empty outside of the actionary part of, part of it. So, I, I mean, the... The, the principle might still be there, but it doesn't really matter if I don't have any, if I don't have any sort of, what would you, well, I have, I have some partial understanding of it, enough to speak on it, but not a deep enough understanding to legitimately teach it like I, like I talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Like speaking from experience kind of thing? More, yeah. More, more being in it and understanding it from a, an, an initial perspective that rather than just intellectually. Interesting. So you're trying to just lead by example and let other people see what you're doing? Yeah, and then if it's good enough, they might pick it up. And if not, then I understand. <laughs> yeah. What What are you doing that's different? What am I doing that's different? Um, like the, you're trying to have people like notice. Oh, yeah. Uh, a, a number of things. Ma- mainly it would be like right action in the sense of conduct. Like how, how, I, how I present myself and, and how – how I act in relation to other people and just and with myself more than anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What does it say, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. Okay, sure. Well, anyway, so, yeah, I think a lot of it is kind of finding that a lot of it for me has been, fi- like, this year has been finding a better repertoire with myself, like my my personal relationship with, with me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, a lot a lot of more internal stuff i've been doing some writing not not as much as i'd like in the future that's you were talking about future goals that's one of my plans is i'd like i'd like to put out a book or two this year even if they're just small mementos of of things that i'm thinking about just just to get the ball rolling more do you know what i mean mm-hmm. try and make it a, more of a daily practice rather than you know a few times weekly like poetry books or actual uh, both, J- just like thought, thought works. Uh, like a lot, a lot of things probably surrounding philosophy and things like that. Because I, I tend to gravitate more towards, uh, what would you say, more uh, untangible goals, like f- uh, physically tangible. Do you know what I mean? 
Are you yeah. just going to self-publish those, or what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I was thinking, yeah. And then um, if if I end up doing one of the works that I feel I would like to push to publication or or use just use those as a platform and a jumping place to have that experience behind me, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you start a blog. I could... That's yeah, it's actually not up. a bad <laughs> idea. I, I I thought blogs were kind of dead, though. Yeah, but you could still have one. People yeah. still go to them occasionally. It's just not like what it used to be. Yeah. So, just or a give YouTube the channel a where you talk, to to talk about what you're thinking. People like that stuff. Yeah. Or those little shorts. I've seen a lot of those. You know, on like Instagram or yeah, hold the whole TikTok type video mm-hmm. about like small yeah. little bits, and then it gets them hungry for more yeah more content i i think i think that wouldn't be something that i would be averse to you know what i mean it, mm-hmm. but i i haven't directly do- dove into that type of a realm yet but i i've, I've considered it but not in, in any detail so now, can i ask you a question too you don't have yeah. to answer this but what philosophy do you kind of stick by like agree with the most because I feel like when I talk to you, it's like a lot of ideas. Yeah. A lot of like, this mm. could be possible, this could be possible. Mm-hmm. Give it all like a thought, but nothing like, okay, this is what I'm actually yeah, yeah. So, about. So, so, so the reason the reason being is because the, the things that I hold substantially are actually kind of a – like a, it's, I kind of have a grab bag from different philosophies. Like I don't subscribe to one or the other, so, so it would be more of an individuated one, which is why it probably seems the sense of like – I have a bunch of ideas that seem generally unconnected, but but I've kind of conglomerated them into something of like what I what I perceived to be the best of each each thing that I dipped into. Do you know what I mean? Right. But but that that feeling also probably comes from the fact that I'm not a very commitment based creature. I think it comes with a uh, trait openness, with like um, with a lot of people that are extremely extroverted. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's a general trend. So yeah. That, a lack of commitment thing to things. I don't like to feel like I'm too locked into things, um, which you all know very, very well. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we're familiar with it. <laughs> <laughs> Vaguely. <laughs> but yeah, we're both familiar and unfamiliar, right? We can't be committed to the familiarity of how he is. Why though? I had to. Why? <laughs> Uh, you switched jobs. Yes. Or you uh, switched at least branches. Shops. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and then got a pay raise. Yes. From what I understand. Yes, it was it was in a very odd and roundabout way, but it ended up working in my favor. Yeah. That's excellent. I think on a it on was. a broad scale, most things do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In in the long term, like short short term things end up feeling more 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 like a grievance. Mm-hmm. But but those tend to be the things that you look back on and be like, oh okay, I can now I can see why that was something that happened and need was needed for my growth or so that I, so that I could have a new perspective or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like Kevin James as your manager more? Uh, yeah, I actually work more directly with, uh, David who is, who is the new branch manager over there or mm. just the manager at that branch. And he's, he started the same day I did. So it was an interesting oh. experience. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, it's, they're all pretty awesome over there. Pretty good work environment. You know what I mean? Mm. I hated it. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely hated it over there. <laughs> Why? Because um, it's messy and a fucking clusterfuck. Yeah, I my literal first, my literal first week and a half was I came in there. I was I was slack jawed and flabbergasted. I was like it's going disgusting. from Sandy to there. I was like, there's absolutely no way this is real. Like, yeah. Anyway, so my first week and a half was literally cleaning up 
everything. Yeah, it's gross over there. Yeah, I it's would like th- they've never touched any. Like the trash cans are overflowing. No one takes it out. Every it's not even worth going there. Yeah, but. Uh, it's it's a lot better now. Since I was over there, mean like because David came in, you know they they moved him in from California, so he he had a lot of experience in that field already. And he's like, all right, <laughs> this is not happening. <laughs> so me and you are going to make this whole shop not look <laughs> like a cluster. So yeah, it's gross. Yeah, a lot better now. Not bet, bad at yeah. all. Yeah. But yeah, that that that's new. Um, let's think. Was I was I? Yeah, I, I wasn't in this house uh, a year ago. I, I'm not sure if we've talked no, about weren't. it at the podcast, but I've also moved. Twice, probably, in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Did uh, you live here at one point? Here? Not, not this house. No. Talking about the new I one. Mean, uh, damn yeah. nigh, huh? <laughs> yeah, no. That, yeah, we. I've spent a lot of time here. Uh, yeah, I think I think the, the moving, because I had, I moved to Harriman, and then I moved to Riverton. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was all within a year. Uh, I forgot about the house. Yeah. The Harriman house. Me too, pretty much, honestly. Fuck. It, was, it was so irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> it was a quick <laughs> snapshot, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still trying to buy or looking into getting cargo container homes? So I, I'm not as focused on it. No, I, I, I still have it as like a faint, a faint wanting. Do you know what I mean? But mm. especially with like them hike the high, the prices being hiked up since uh, Costco and everywhere started buying them up and everything short on productionary standards and things from international huggabaloo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's. I've I've been looking into still a lot of alternative living things just because that's something that I that that draws me because it's 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 kind of having something and it's a lack of commitment like if I it's cheap so I could I could feasibly do it and not and not find myself in a long-term situational debt and then also it's maneuverable like the the alternative housing options tend to be more m- maneuverable like you can move them wherever so Have you looked into like a trailer home? Yeah, but I, but the aesthetic of that for some reason I like I I I suppose it's a possibility, but it but I haven't looked into that. In no, any I was looking at homes the other day, and they're like fifty grand. I mean, they're not the nicest homes at first, but it's home, and yeah. you can move them. Yeah, the what houses, trailer homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually thought about that too. It's really not bad. I mean, some mm-hmm. of them look pretty nice inside. I've seen some of them that were real nice. They're not they're shitty. Like, I would, no, no. I wouldn't want to buy one, really. Like, it would never be my first option, but it was way nicer than I thought they would be. Yeah, but I also, I'm, I'm sure you all, you all know this, but for some for some reason I have the tendency to seek the lesser of things. Like, if there's an option between a gold and a silver bar, I would be choosing silver. Um, Why? I I don't know. It's well, that that's actually that's an in, that's not a good example. Like. No, it's true. I mean, it's a fair example, but it's from what not I've the best seen, example. it seems like fear of loss almost. Not fear. It's it's a. I think it roots in that commitment as well, where it's like, I, if I can have, I I only want to have what I what I need minimally, so mm-hmm. so that when and I, I'm sure it is tied to that loss as well. But when when those things are taken away inevitably, or when you don't have those things. It's not something that I'm relying on as a necessity. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So then, even in, in whatever si- situation or circumstance I find myself in, I'd have enough. So it's kind of like a minimalistic point of view, I guess, in some sense. But I think it's rooted in something more. <laughs> what would you say? Uh, something more akin to some some sort of psychological damage, where I I just kind of go for the lesser of the two, because I think it's because yeah, probably from that loss where I'm like, eh, I if. 
it's you know it's less painful to lose something that's not as valuable yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you lived through the great depression and now <laughs> you you hoard the most random shit and the valuable shit is like nah bro why would i take that <laughs> yeah i don't know it's who hurt you, Jacob? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, probably a lot of me hurting myself. People do that often. Just p- placing obstacles in their way. I, I don't know. I Yeah, I don't know what, where it stems from exactly, but I probably it probably roots from a lot of things. Namely, that comes to mind, probably re- re- the way that I handle relationships as well. So, yeah. Regardless, yeah, not not a whole lot is new. I I, I wouldn't want to overstate my progression in any sense. That's for certain. What books have you read? What books have I read? Yeah, that have been life changing. Uh, that you liked, like I, the Red Book or whatever that was. Yeah, that was lit. But I won't go into a spiel like that again because I even lo- listening back on that I was like, good God, that's just the driest thing since the Sahara Desert. Yeah, <laughs> anyways, it's painful. Uh, anyways, it's yeah. fun though. There, it's all right, we've had a few. Yeah, yeah, there's this book uh, from it's Carlos Castaneda. It's it's kind of steeped in it's steeped in a lot of there's there's a lot of books from him and I listen to most of them. It's steeped in a lot of uh what would you say? Is that the mescalito Culti- one? Yeah, a lot oh, of cultishness geez. and like uh like it talks about shamanic uh practices and things like that, but it but the person that wrote it that you know didn't have a lot of favorable light shed on him for it sounds like for a good reason. But actually, this is a discussion that I was wondering or wanting to have with you specifically, Noah. Is do do you think that uh, do you think good knowledge or facts or deeds are lessened by the person that they come from, or can they stand alone? Yeah, they can stand alone. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, all right, separate. Yeah, I, well, I I I think that as well. But do you think it it tarnishes it in any? any significant way because of the perspective and the and the thing that it came from it can if you let it yeah if you let it i suppose but yeah do you, do you i'm saying i guess do you think it's inbred in any way to to their work mm. the the thing is is that when you f- when you find concepts of truth and knowledge and wisdom like that doesn't matter the source period which, which i which i agree with but my my thing would would be do you think it's tainted in any way because it comes from that person's perspective not that i think that they're less in any way i think people are just people everyone has that capability but no because it gets set through your own filter yeah certainly take away the taint and figure out exactly what truth is there yeah easy as that fair enough yeah well i didn't do any research into that author by the way i did so tell the audience of course kind of what these books were about you, you um, I'm hesitant because <laughs> because last time <laughs> I literally just shoved a bag full of sand down someone's throat. So uh, let's go see. for it. Maybe someone wants to read it after. All I right. do have a question first. Maybe what someone is, likes sand? Okay. What is a shamanic pra- practice? Uh, what, what so you, you know what a shaman what? is. A shaman is yeah. like a, yeah. It's that. It's just the practices that the shamans in deal with pretty much whatever whatever it is they do spiritually or actionably a lot of it was based like for that book a lot of it was based in like uh herbalism and psychedelic uh substances and and different things like that i, th- I thought it was very interesting because it it kind of it it gave a new perspective on kind of a, a very directed form of existence in like a, a very extremely masculine way do you know what i mean like pretty much you you make everything happen in the world 
uh, which which Just is true. which is a what would you say? Which is an underlying tenet in a lot of books, but but the way that this one about it was in a very different way of like a self exploration and like a what would you say it was it was just very alternative in in the perspective that it gave there there was a lot of kind of the idea of like uh isolation being being a goal like you should be steadfast in yourself yes but also you should literally need nothing it, and you should make all of make all of all of the boons in life from yourself so yeah it was it was very interesting I, i'm going about it very what would you say peripherally because i think that a lot of the content would would turn people away when they're when there's very like it was a very gripping book it, it like narratively speaking it was one of the most gripping books that i've read just because it tied me in so quickly with kind of what what the promise of the book was like you're going to gain this thing that is immutable and and your own take your own will into your hands yeah it was it was very interesting and the way that that, that it was employed to like the taking your own will into your hands was more of a like throwing yourself out into the unknown and being in complete and total. Uh, what would you say? Like you are your Danger. your own creator. You, you want me to put this it's into? Not you want me to put this into easy speak? Okay, it's, it's a book about ayahuasca and peyote and the interworkings of how the soul reacts to those and the things you can discover throughout your journey of. Um, taking those psychedelics which which um, books of properly guided by a shaman basically is what i is the ones that i read yeah i don't know what his other books are about but there's like a three-part series that i read about it it was interesting yeah the, the, the rest of the books are similar but they but they drop the psychedelian uh, psychedelics and uh those type of things and it's more like those and and it's kind of shown in a regressive way that the reason that the shaman was having him take those is because he didn't learn how to perceive those things outside of help from some type of substance which was a very interesting thing i think it's i think it's talking about like uh discovering your subconscious like those type of things put you very like it, it takes down that barrier between conscious and subconscious mind in a very real way so you you don't actually you interact with it directly like in in a worldly sense like you see you see or feel or ex experience your subconscious on like a personal level which is very interesting so but yeah, anyways, I think that's what it was talking about. So it, it wasn't all like the those first ones that you read mm -hmm. were were the psychedelics, and and I would say probably the the majority of his work was that. But afterwards, it was uh, kind of a regressive look back on we, we actually had you do that so that you could see past past those things with without the or with the help, so you can do it without it. So it's it's pretty interesting. But yeah, that, interesting. that was the synopsis, I suppose. What's the difference between a priest and a shaman? Or at uh, what point does a priest become a shaman? One touches kids. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. Too. <laughs> um, I couldn't give you a direct definition, but I'd, it, I'd imagine it's... Uh, Shamans don't generally belong to a religious practice. Yeah, like it, not a secularized religion. It's right. more of a tribal... It's you have a pri tribal Tribal, shaman. native stuff, yeah. When are you going to try ayahuasca and peyote? Because I feel like hallucinogenics are like your, your vibe, passion bro. in life I'd and i think that that I'd would really that like make you as a person if you tried them both so what is holding you back because i know that you want to go out of country oh, yeah, to absolutely. do it what is holding you back um what, what is holding me back is i honestly i just haven't done the work like in, in the sense of i would like to do more research 
not for not for uh, worry of health side effects. I'm I'm not worried about that. But I'd like to know, kind of, uh, the history behind it and all sorts of cool stuff. And then I also want, need to set up like a financial plan and things and and a forward moving plan where I'm like, okay, <clears throat> a financial this plan, is what, eh? Yes, <laughs> yes, I know. I was dreading it. That was another thing I was going to say this year. I'm growing more or less cold feet towards it. I'm I'm getting more in the place where I'm like, okay. I need to do this because I want to pursue passions like that. But yeah, the, it's it's not any hesitation for the want of doing. It's just the the hesitation of that commitment so far. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which which is something that I would. That's one of the things I wouldn't be afraid to commit to. I I wouldn't mind to try all of those things. I really like um, percep perception alteration. Yeah. Why not just let the drug tell you its own history? <laughs> I I could absolutely do that. But honestly, more more of what it was was me not. Uh, scheduling financially and uh, what would you say tripwise? So yeah. yeah, where do you have to go that, to do that? Um, they uh, what what ayahuasca or peyote? Both, whatever. Uh, so I there's some I don't know where you'd have to go for peyote, but I know that ayahuasca in South America there's a lot of places where they'll do a whole guided trip. You pay you just pay them and they do the whole trip, everything. They uh, mm-hmm. give you housing, boarding, whatever. So. And but that also comes along with the the whole shamanic practice practice, which, which I actually I want to experience along with it. I I wouldn't, I would do ayahuasca singularly, but I would rather do it with with the with a guide with the whole experience. Yeah, because I think that would be very interesting to see what the differentiation or the, you know, what the, mm-hmm. I guess what the hype is. <laughs> a lot of people will do. Uh, I don't I don't know which order it goes in, but they'll do peyote and then ayahuasca like one each day and it kind of just like seals the deal on the whole the whole experience so i in, think that would in be what way what do you mean like like they're there on the trip or whatever they do alternating or yeah so like say you're gonna do ayahuasca on friday mm-hmm. and then you go through the whole whole trip whatever and then saturday you do peyote and it kind of from the youtube videos that i've seen and podcasts that i've listened to about it um it essentially kind of just forms into one like a, a full ball kind Experience. of instead of just like a half it half kind of one. solidifies i guess what is what it's saying is it kind of solidifies the experience because a, a lot of times uh with at least the trips that i've been on it it seems to be very ethereal and dreamlike and so you can lose a lot of that in your in your following sobriety if you don't ponder it yep. or if you don't write it down or anything like that so i'd imagine that's what that's talking about that sounds badass so i've I'd never yeah. heard of that yeah they do it the guided trips and all that, that would be one hell of an experience. Cool. I'd definitely do that. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Would hell, you, I would do that. Would you do? Would you do DMT? Speak to the aliens. I I personally would, but I would I would like to explore every every herbal process before that, because from what I've heard, there's a lot of uh, it's it's very rocket ship versus roller coaster type of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've known a lot of people that have actually done it, and I've talked to them, and they're, it's like, it's insane. That's the pinnacle, mm-hmm. like, of all the psychedelics that you yeah, can well, that's, try. Yeah, that's what the active substance is in, in almost all of them, right, is mm-hmm. is the dimethyltryptamine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Trip. Do you mean? Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> You're already a fucking dad. Okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? But, yeah, um... 
I guess I guess that's a brief synopsis. I'm trying to think if that if there's anything. What other I, I, what I other know. kinds of books have you read? And mm. Experiences you've had? Anything during this past year? Experiences that I've had. Took a shit to the weed. <laughs> <laughs> I I did I did. Uh, you cut out alcohol for like <coughs> the most part. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't drink. Well, drinking doesn't have any sort of allure to me. It just, well, because a lot of people use it for a social lubricant, but obviously I can't keep my fucking mouth shut anyway, so that wouldn't even change much for me. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't often drink. Um, no, you, you never have struggled with that. There was a year where w- oh. we all went a little wild with it, and then we all kind of just cut the shit out and mostly stick to weed now so why why um i i enjoy personally like i've i've actually picked up weed a lot more than than i would say i intended to um i i like i like a lot of things about it but it 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 tends to flavor life in a very specific way i'd say it doesn't make you feel like shit like alcohol does as well oh yeah. <laughs> there's <laughs> also that the, the the not the tomorrow backlash as much but mm-hmm. on on a long scale it, it can still have that backlash oh, it definitely does. It, it puts you in kind of a bog do you know what i mean where mm-hmm. you where you're uh slowed in your slowed in whatever you're doing you're hazy yeah but. so why do you do it does it bring peace to you is it just make everything more flavorful in a way uh, it, yeah it, well, it kind of spices up it's a, it's a spicing up type of a thing like it it gives you new eyes on old experiences so it kind of gives you like that childlike wonder of seeing things for the new t- uh seeing things for the first time again it's, it's all kind of new which i enjoy I, I meditate on it sometimes because it slows my mind down enough that the chatter's quieted um but yeah i like i said it, it wasn't an intended an intended function which which is why i'll, I'll I'll likely, I will likely slow down on it in the future, but yeah. Um, I am, I am planning another trip, even so soon, though. <laughs> uh, not uh, to somewhere. Uh, oh, yes, shrooms. Yes. Okay, I was gonna say. Huh? Yes, I. Uh, what was it? Two Sundays ago, I was sitting there and I was like, "Okay, turns out it's time." <laughs> I don't know why it happens like that, but I, I will often feel. Before a trip is hap- going to happen in advance, I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to do this. I have that same feeling. You're like, yeah, I, f- I think I need this. Yeah. Or, like, you just feel like you could gain something from it. Mm-hmm. I know what you I, mean, I know what you mean by that. It's weird I haven't had that for a while, actually. Like, even now, I have no uh, desire to do it at all. Oh, really? Yeah, so, so it's – but I, I will say it's not like the desire – to to do to do a hallucinogenic, for me, has never been like the desire to smoke or to drink or to indulge in any way, because it's not it's not something that you're like, you do it and then you're like you know, <laughs> let's go around two. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm good, <laughs> I'm good for maybe forever, but that forever is ends up ends up being pretty short. <laughs> I, I've had a I've had a fair. Uh, skew of time between each each trip i think but yeah yeah i think it's something that i'd like to get into a lot more like diversifying trying the different ones and seeing maybe writing writing on each one of my experiences in like a very in-depth way to see what what the differentiation between them is and what what i actually gained from it you know what i mean because 
a lot a lot of it is imprecise language around it you'll have because it's hard to, very hard to explain a psychedelic experience to someone that's never had one or even even sometimes to people that have had one what what is happening during well you can't it's yeah. it's it's fully personal I believe. It, well, it's fully personal, but I think that there are ways that you can maneuver around it to make, you know what I mean, to articulate yeah. something assimilating what happened. But you know it, what I mean? Or what it, you gained. Or how what, I say it is, yeah. it's like trying to describe a flavor of a candy or something that no one has ever tried before. Yeah, it's like a new color. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very hard descript, uh, description type of thing, but I think, I think there are ways to go about it where you can flail around about it and like around it and and get to some of some of it and obviously you won't get it in full comprehensive detail but that's yeah. just a language barrier thing you'll never be able to do that with anything so you know what i'd love to see is a lot more research on uh psilocybin mm-hmm. and dmt and all these things there's a ton they're start yeah they're there's starting a ton really but they ton. probably haven't even scratched the surface of how you know much it affects your brain and where mm-hmm. what pathways it opens I know they already have ones that are like if you have PTSD, like ninety percent of people that take it after having PTSD or get over their PTSD within mm-hmm. a couple of days. Yeah, or no, that, that was actually mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a bunch of shit like that they do. I know. Yeah, it's. Very it gave me PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> so that's weird. <laughs> do you feel, in in retrospect, do you feel you gained anything from that experience though? Now, now that you've had some distance from, gained it. some friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Energetic outside of the energetic field, like for for you specifically, like was there anything that it changed in you that you that you previously had things that you lost or gained or? I'd say an appreciation for life, because watching your soul fall through the earth is like, <laughs> damn. Okay, you had a scared straight experience. <laughs> I would say so. I I have had a very very different experience with it but i wonder if it's i'm just wondering because everybody's mind's different Mm -hmm. and some people like have a lot not more active mind but a lot more of a sporadic mind you know just Mm -hmm. all over the place always yeah but i would i would i would would say me specifically just you can tell by my language patterns it's it's very similar in my head that way but i don't i don't think that is affected well, no, I'm, I'm I'm assuming that actually has some something to do with it, but my trips have never been imposing in any way. That's really. what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Everybody's like on a different like plane, mm-hmm. so I'm wondering who's what type of brains psychedelics work work with the best. Because some people, like him, they don't like it at all. Like he had a completely bad, you know, experience. And I would some also people, I would also say that I think it it might have a lot to do with uh, your your um relationship with existence like like how you conceptualize and how you go towards it you're a very forward moving person you act on the world i let the world act on me more do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like in the sense that you're more in control of your life than i am i i kind of go more with the flow and not not there's pros and cons to each obviously do you know what i mean we we both know what what those uh failings and boons are but I, i would i would imagine that a lot of it it has to do with that because you you get very close with your mind in that moment where you and you kind of don't have that option of singular control in in the way that you usually have it you're still in control but it's in a very uh roundabout and ethereal kind of way i think so i think i would i i wouldn't use the word ethereal there but that's what i did use for a descriptor so i don't even know what that is uh like kind ghostly of, yeah out, uh, yeah, not in the physical realm, a, l- a little bit like on the <laughs> spiritual side of things more. Yeah. Gotcha. 
well, what is what's your goal? My goal. Or goals. My goals. Um. Yeah, I I would like to go into my writing practice in earnest. That that was that that's always been a very big uh, goal, but I've haven't acted on it as heavily as I would like to. Still, to some degree, you know what I mean. But no, nothing nothing like I like I envision or want. So so a lot of that. Um, I I did want those trips in my life before I died, but I, I, I hadn't articulated it as a, as a very directed thing beforehand. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's probably some of that. I'd like to travel some, but yeah, my, my goals aren't, yeah, my, my goals are more personal achievement based. You know what I mean? In the sense of like, it's, it, it would be more of an achievement for me, even if there was the monetary success around it, it would be more of like a, okay, I finally put down something that's going to, create value do you know what i mean yeah so you want to just create value for other people starting with yourself first mm-hmm. okay the way the way uh, i yeah. go about it is obviously going to be a very <laughs> different way than you but like for me i think that avenue would be writing well even with the trips mm-hmm. like that could give value to a ton of people yeah and if, if i documented like my experience or what i think could be gained and yeah. what, what it actually is yeah Yep, then you could write about them, share your experiences with people, even start a YouTube channel like Jesse said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely Speak not opposed it. to it. I, Streaming I, while you're tripping? No, I've, <laughs> I I've actually done that, like video. Oh, really? It, it's cool because it helps. People, there's, a couple, <laughs> there's a couple channels that do it. The people stream while they're, while they're on their trips, which is very interesting. I wouldn't stream it. It was like, you know, even for personal it, records, but it's like meeting yourself mm-hmm. in that different perspective yeah yeah i don't know it's kind of cool i, I have tried to have people donate yeah, and see if you could answer questions that would be that would be <laughs> awesome i could like, what's when, two plus two mountain <laughs> <laughs> i actually don't feel um very outside of myself when i'm when i'm on mushrooms i feel a lot more i feel a lot more Maybe sober and grounded enough? personally i yeah i think that could be part of it i don't usually take heroic doses i don't I don't go very, uh, very deep, which, which is something that I, I would like to try, but it's, but it's more on the, like, I feel like I get a lot of the things that I want from it with still the lower dose. So I'm, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I would definitely like to try some high, more higher dose trips. I would say instead of like when people say you're like blasting off into space, I kind of see it in a different way. It's more like you're blasting in Inward. deeper <laughs> yeah. into your own self. It, yeah, mm. it's different. It's not like you're going somewhere else. It's more like you're just, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I don't feel, it's, it's not like a, when I smoke weed or when I drink, I don't feel less in control of myself in the sense of like, I don't feel like I lack facilities. Like when you smoke, you're slower. You don't, there's things that you feel like you probably couldn't do. When, I, when I'm on mushrooms, it's more of like a, I don't I don't even know how you describe it besides it it shades life in like rose-colored glasses for me in a way where everything slows down and it it almost puts me directly into the meditative state that takes me forever to get to where it's like an absorption of reality and just a, a pure appreciation for being it's 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 a very interesting and light experience but yeah it's peaceful it's like you're you're in harmony with the whole world the whole universe is weird didn't seem like it was peaceful for you. Yeah, you know, it's at the end when you're going down, and it's just like, wow. 
I had that bliss. Huh. So it, it's I have weird. that bliss full through, like yeah. from the beginning. I'd I, say I it's have that. every trip's different. Though. Yeah, no, I would I would say, but I'm from from the so far, mm-hmm. that that is a universal so far. Like the average. Yeah, my my average is that, which which I would imagine if if I had an experience that was more jarring like that, I would I would probably be uh, a slower to take the next dose, but I would still do it. But it, we would have to see when once once it happens. But I was gonna say. But I also, but I, I kind of think it's my same perspective on uh, dreams. Like, I want nightmares as much as I want good dreams because I like to journal my dreams. And and I think, and I think the harshness of the dream doesn't negate the fact that each one of them, each one of them, you can gain something from. So, hmm. there's some kind of uh, what would you say relationship between you and your subconscious and communication where that that uh narrative whatever the dream is that's being thrown at you has significance and and i find that for me the more disturbing dreams tend to be a more pointed uh realization or or something akin to that so yeah but i would like i said you never know until you're in the place but yeah you think there's truth to dreams me oh yeah there's there's a bunch of well they use it in uh they use it in psychology. They have people interpret their own dreams. It almost doesn't matter what uh, what the narrative is, but like because it comes from you specifically, your subconscious brain works something like ten times more powerfully than your waking mind. So your your dreaming mind, your your mind is like ten times more active at night. There's a bunch of things that you can watch on YouTube where it shows that like when people are asleep and when they go into REM sleep, their brain lights up. Yeah, but you're using a lot of different parts of your brain. Anyways, but uh, so they they use that dream interpretation in psychology. But from what what I got of it was a lot of it was like because you crafted it, um, it almost doesn't matter what the narrative is. But every time your dreams are a story, right? You, you kind of get that feeling like it's it's a story. You can you can place yourself into that. Um, what would you say retroactively when you're looking back on a dream that you journaled or whatever, and say, oh, okay, so that makes sense because I can draw that line to this part of my life and this part of my life. It's kind of a personally crafted mythology almost. Mm. So, so yeah, I think there's truth to dreams, not in the direct sense, but but definitely you can gain a whole shit ton from them, and I I would say there's truth to be found in them, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, were, you, were you thinking more in the um, direct sense, like prophetical dreams, or like just, were you saying just like in general what I was wondering? I... Uh, just in general, yeah. I don't know what prophetic is. Prophetical, like it's a, a prophet, like uh, it's a dream that's going to come true type of a thing. Is that what you meant by truth when you first asked it? Or you just saying, oh, like if yeah. yeah, it would be a reality. Yeah, yeah like yeah. if you've watched yeah. Joseph King of Dreams, that yeah, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, that show's such a banger. It okay. is way good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I, th- I think there is truth to dreams, just in in what conceptual realm you're putting it in. I guess is what what I was clarifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that also kind of like the nature of truth, it is it's kind of it's kind of undefined in the sense that it's a word like love where it's used very uh, broadly, and it and there's there's words that would be better descriptors in context, right? But there's a, a lot of those words we haven't made. So there's is a truth a truth if you can use it and and it and it interacts with the world the way that you expect. Is a truth a truth if two plus two equals four? That's true, but but in but it's in mathematics, so it's kind of ethereal, and so yeah, there's there's a lot of things where I, truth is. What would you say? Um, truth. 
Yeah. <laughs> Factual. So I do find it interesting. You you've said that you've always felt like there there would be a war in our time. Oh yeah. I find I, that very interesting. How? Why? What? Me? I I don't I don't know. And, and I would I would assume that this is actually something that happens with a lot of people. And I I wouldn't I wouldn't put it too out too far outside of myself for the the reason of that being that it's always been talked about a lot in our families. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I've always had that that kind of sneaking suspicion that there's something mounting because of the way that people comport themselves. If if everyone's not taking right action or and it's just kind of the energy of of the crowd and different things like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, what, what, there's this Alan Watts saying that says, when everyone's talking about love, I board up my door and buy a shotgun. <laughs> when everyone's talking about peace. Um, yeah. Same thing, right? Fair enough. Huh. But, yeah. We're I, hitting I like know, the historical impending feeling, length of empires, too. Yeah. Usually crash around this time. Isn't it like 250 years? Just over 200 years, yeah. We're getting there. We're we are there. there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but I, I also imagine that it's it's not something that would be too too far of a or too hard of a prediction just just off of the basis of how often war happens for a multitude of reasons. I think I think generally speaking, it's a profitable profitable exchange between governments. But there are times where there's uh, direct conflicts. But I think more generally speaking. There's a lot more cloak and dagger type things going on. Um, it's a conspiracy, man. Yeah, and, and, and not even a conspiracy in the sense that it happens. It's happened so many times repetitively throughout history. It's like the the people don't want war, but that actually doesn't matter. the The governments, <laughs> the governments don't really give a shit what the people want. Um, not in a cynical way. Just generally speaking, a, a government is a self contained entity, and it wants and it seeks for more power always. Mm-hmm. And if and if it's not regulated which it hasn't been um there's been a lot of bills and different things that have snuck through especially in, in america where we're, we're losing more and more uh freedom a- as time passes and i think it starts with kind of a a slow build right slowly pushing boundaries and then stopping and then pushing it harder and then harder and then harder and then it and then it seems like it was a gradual thing so people people don't often realize things that are happening if it's not abrupt right frog in boiling water I, that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah no, they no, they slowly bring them. Yeah. yeah. They don't realize that it's... <clears throat> <clears throat> Difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth is three months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not even at this point. Yeah, not uh, even. It's like a week now. Yeah. A day, yeah. We're bringing those numbers down, getting more efficient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good work. Huh? But yeah, Interesting. I, yeah, I think, a, I think a lot of that came from... Uh, upbringing and then also just just the statistical part of it where uh, obviously I wasn't hitting the books very hard but it's something that's well known how, how governments what would you say the cycle of governments and how they seek that and and it, and it tends to hit when um, there's financial issues in a country it happen it tends to happen uh, very what would you say what is that word? Uh, opportunely oh, yeah, yeah. It lines yeah. up very, very often. Do you yeah. think the cycle's ever going to get broken? Because if history repeats itself, then it's going to keep doing the same thing. Uh, cycle broken in what sense? No more war ever? Yeah. Uh, then there would have to be no conflict, and that's not in the books. So, no. <laughs> that's it's well, not part of the rules. Well, no, like, legitimately, it's the way that people work. You, you have to interact with other people. Um, 
whether that there's this saying by Jordan Peterson, he says, uh, you're, or I guess this is just kind of a quote of him. He says, you're going to get up in front of a thousand people and not say something that offends one person. It, it's just the friction between people. I think mm-hmm. it's just kind of in right. the nature of humans, but I, I think, I think we could get to something closer oriented towards, uh, less of that but I, I don't think that you'll ever have no conflict i don't think that that's not what i meant because like conflict will always be there that's just how humans are mm-hmm. like it's in our nature but like do you think we'll ever get to a point where we'll have governments that don't start wars for money basically because um, like in, in the in the in the common parlance of governments and what what they actually are at, especially now or not that they've been anything different in the past honestly but no, um, it, for the express reason that there's always going to be a, an aggressing government. That like if someone's more, if one government is more aggressive, it, even if the other government's like, I, I'm not going to do war, but the other government is aggressive, they can take their whole, they can take their whole thing. If you don't defend yourself, then do you know what I mean? There's that domino. If 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 everyone's a pacifist, then it only takes one person with a stick to take the whole world over. So I well, I, the whole idea is uh, to prepare yourself so heavily that nobody could touch you. America but America does but not start shit. Job I would I would argue not right. No, but I would America argue starts a lot of shit. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying up until World, world War One, they did a fairly decent job. Not great, but they did a lot better than most other countries. If yeah, but I would argue opinion. I would argue that that's been. Uh, that's kind of been disproven in the sense that everyone, almost every government, has a nuclear device at this point. Yeah, that's um, what I said before World War One. Oh yeah, fair. But yeah, that's so what I was saying is in specifically shit, like that with with you carrying a big stick and speaking softly. That would only work if everyone else didn't have a big stick. <laughs> so yeah, and and I would and I think of uh, atomic warfare or atomic technology is like the the apex of of destruction. Like it's you literally click a button and you can delete cities so that's the biggest stick i would say so So far so far so far that we know of yeah there's a lot of weird shit out there but i guess i'm talking about like different planets say like when we get to a point when we're traveling to inner or you know inner interplanetary yeah interplanetary do you think we're gonna set up shop the same way start a whole civilization and then there's gonna be factions it it's would be like war. a one government type of a deal. There'd be a world government there, because specifically because it, it would take a long time for there to be fractiousness. Because um, if we move to another planet, it will be so 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 many generations before the what would you say the growth there is big enough to facilitate a splitting of a government body. So I bet I, it would be way faster than you think. Yeah, I, I, I bet, bet within be years. Really? The minute like, they became self-sufficient and they'd go there with the intention of being self-sufficient, they would split oh, off. Because well, what are they going to do intention, about it? But, but how, long it, how long it actually takes to be oh, self-sufficient? So much faster than I think. Because if we're, if we're at the point where we can go to a different planet, there's no way we're not going to be prepared enough to be self-sufficient as quick as possible. Well, as quick as possible, but the, there's still the issue of you, you going to another planet. It's not going to be uh, terraformed in any sort of way. You're gonna have that re- restraint on everything's gonna have to be in an enclosed structure, so so I think um, another thing that would negate that is uh, if there is conflict, everyone could die <laughs> instantly because That's someone just pokes a hole in the wall. It'd but be like nice. a survival thing. You'd be trying to fight the planet for years and years and years, not necessarily fight it, but understand it. Yeah, but it takes one person to take control of that situation. Yeah, one person to say, "I don't care." Yeah, that's I'll fair. poke a hole. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then what? What are people yeah. a planet away gonna do? 
Oh, nothing. Absolutely that, nothing. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's, I think it's unlikely. Um, that, like, I think there's a strive for a, a one world government that even then I don't think that you'd lack conflict though. And, and to have a government that's potent enough to cover the entire planet, it would have to be very, uh, heavy handed, I think in, in many ways. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I doubt that, you, that you'll see the lack of conflict, at least in our li- lifetimes, in that way. I think you might see some semblance of people. And, well, you, you already see this because the, the will of the people and the government is so incongruous that just about every government is having an issue. Um, yeah. None of the Russians want that. Uh, yeah. None of the American people want it. Um, and, and a lot of people are getting very chafed with their governments. I think that's also another trend. Uh, once the people start getting a little bit rowdy and they're like, oh, you're doing fucked up stuff, all the politicians are like, you know what I heard? There's a war overseas. <laughs> yeah. But um, obviously it's not so cut and dry and things are going to be a lot more, artic- or what would you say, a lot more complicated, but that's I still think that's probably a fundamental part of it. What do you think is going to happen? What do I think is going to happen with all that over there? Um... I would be surprised if uh, I would be I would be genuinely surprised if uh, one of the dominoes over there didn't kick off the next hoo- hoorah, you know what I mean? World War Trace. I, I don't obviously that's nothing anyone wants, but if I think if the governments had their will, there there would be a lot of that. They're having their will. Oh yeah. No. So do you think it will turn into World War Three? Um, I'd be su- Well, I I think it's what they want in some senses. Uh, is is a, a larger conflict in in a way that they can still regulate? Do I think it's going to happen? I think I would be surprised if it didn't. I don't know time frames or anything or how it would start if it's not if it's not the conflict over there right now between Ukraine and Russia. But um, I'm sure there'll be some sort of weird thing because you you have you know all the opportunity and the gaps opening up for because everyone's looking at that then. You know, China will get uppity and take the things they want, and then, yeah, they're everyone's doing some maneuvering, taking the things that they they want. They, when, whenever I think it's kind of like a blood in the water type of thing, one of the piranhas starts eating, and everyone's like, "Oh fuck, we can get what we need now, quick!" <laughs> when, why no one's looking, and everything's in a state of flux. So, but yeah, I think that is what probably will happen. Uh, if it didn't, I'd be so pleasantly surprised. But yeah. Yeah. What about you? Because you, you're a lot more into the political political sphere than I am. I think we're going to get involved. Well, I think it's going to turn into a hot conflict with America, without a doubt. Because we're, we're already... Look at what's happening in Poland, for example. What is happening? We sent over... It's upwards of 100,000 troops, right? I, have, I don't know. haven't been keeping up on the news recently. Either way, we've placed, I believe, it's upwards of 100,000 troops, like NATO as a whole. Um, along all of Russia's border, not all of it, but the majority of it. And today Biden came out and said Russia is about to do um, mass cyber attacks on America. But uh, fuck all that shit. I think there's going to be a false flag operation of some some kind of just bullshit thing that's set up by America. And it's going to be an excuse to get us involved. 100% it's going to happen. Without a doubt. Yeah, I think uh, governments do that a lot. 
they'll they'll do some sort of atrocity in their own country and be like, oh my god, it's the sand people. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Done it since World War One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not though. Oh fuck! I hope not. <laughs> I honestly do. <laughs> I really hope it, none of it happens, but. I don't think it's likely that we'll be able to, uh, unless, unless you had some sort of, uh, the, the, the thing about the people is they're, they're not coordinated, right? The people are in a bunch of individuals. We don't coordinate ourselves very readily. The governments are very good at, uh, structure and coordination. No, they're not through or in, in, in the sense of through force, they can get people to organize. Quickly. Just, the government's not good at anything. No, that's true, but but it's better than an un what would you say an unassembled group that has has no yeah. structure. Mm-hmm. Seeing they never do anything efficiently. Oh, that's for sure. If the DM if the DMV was privatized, you'd go in there and they'd hand you a coffee right away, and you'd be out in five minutes. <laughs> it would be amazing. Mm-hmm. They'd be like baristas. What can I do for you? <laughs> Instead, they're like. Wait thirty minutes and then I'll tell you to go sit back down. <laughs> you swine. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So that's I guess that's that. So uh, between now and your next one year follow up, we'll say, what uh, what can we expect to see from you? You talked about writing books. Mm-hmm. You can expect possibly travel. You can expect at least one book and three more trips under my belt. <laughs> and I would like two of those trips to be on a different substance than mushrooms. So you can expect that. Acid. I will not do acid. Um, Molly. No, I I like to keep more to the grown things personally. Uh, Natural shit. Well, if 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 you knew the origins of of where it was coming from and how it was being made, it would. There'd be a little bit more maneuverability for me, but even then... The cartels, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm saying if it was made in a completed lab, like a enclosed lab environment, and you knew exactly who was making it, and they had the credentials, and it was being made properly, then maybe, but even still, I don't Credentials think given by who? Yeah, I, I would think it would be something more, more akin to, like, an actual scientist who has some sort of PhD. Not that that implies that they're the smartest and the best, but at least you could have some sort of modicum of understanding that it wasn't someone mixing it in their bathtub and cutting it with bleach so. well because there's a lot of fake acid out there like true lsd is from uh morning glory or something like that it's really? from the flower mm-hmm. morning glory is actually very, is a plant that's kind of rampant it's all over the place. i'm not sure if it's morning glory i might have got that wrong so don't take that for a fact but i know the actual lsd like the first it was derives from some sort of flower seed <laughs> Fuck's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that that's what you can definitely expect from me. O- outside of that, expect the unexpected. <laughs> Perhaps a child? Nope, I'm good. Uh, for this for this following year, I'd say I'm good. Yeah. Duly noticed. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, that's not something I'm ready to jump into. And I would I would very much. That's a large commitment. Like, well, and I would like to be with someone for upwards of two years at the very least. So. Just take it to the clinic if it gets too, too crazy. <laughs> yes. Such a fucking cretin. All right. What did you learn about morning tree or whatever it was? Morning glory. Morning glory. 
I'm still trying to find it. Well, Jacob, do you have anything to tell our listeners? Any parting words? Yeah. Any parting words? Um, I'll just pull a Nike on you. Just do it. If you have aspirations to something that you think will better your life, um, fuck all the noise. Try it out. I've been trying a lot of uh, different, what would you say, uh, spiritual practices and like uh, psychological type of things like uh, philosophies out. Like I've been trial running them for each of them for like a couple, a, a week or two to a month. Just hopping from different ones to see if there's any anything in it that's useful. Um, so, yeah, just in life, if there's something that that you want to do, fuck all the noise, just do it. Fuck on. It Love is it. morning glory. It is morning glory. Okay. okay anyway. I'll, I'll grow some of that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks well, for listening, guys. Yeah. Like, subscribe, comment. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next time with our next guest. Goodbye. Bye. Peace out.